began so long ago with a band of Queen's Park men. Hello and welcome to the Spiders Talk podcast. My name is David Blair. Once again, here with me as well is Calm Stewart, Enzo Tamanini. Boys, how are we? Calm, you first. I'm excellent. I'm much happier to be sitting recording this uh, podcast this week after the exploits of the weekend. Um, yes, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Yeah, what, what a difference a week makes. Uh, last week, obviously, we were on a bit of a downer after what happened in the second half against Air, but, but things are looking a little bit different now. You both managed to avoid any kind of sunburn for that game on Saturday. It was, uh, <laughs> I know the players would have struggled out there. They at least got a couple of water breaks, but for us in the stands, facing that sun for 90 minutes, that was tough. I know, I know. And we, we were even a wee bit in the shade. It was actually when the game finished and I stepped back out into it properly. It kind of made me appreciate how absolutely roasting they must have been. I think we were sitting far enough back that, that we didn't get too much of it, thankfully. And uh, I, I'm i not actually sure. Are the first few rows at Oakview, are they, are they completely uncovered or, or does the stand cover cover the, the, lot, of the, the lot of the seats at the front? I, I can't really remember. I'll be honest with you, I thought it certainly felt the heat was there and it certainly the heat felt was there. Like I mean, it was roasting yeah. hot anyway. It was about 30 degrees, wasn't it? And and it must have been pretty tough conditions to play football in. So I credit to the guys, especially the ones that lasted the full 90 minutes as well, because that must have been must have been difficult. I was yeah. bad enough just sitting watching the game. I think I caught my heart rate on my watch at like 110 at one point and I was just sitting perfectly still because of how nervous I was. Aye, that wasn't the heat, that was just the stress from wondering whether we're going to chuck that away again. But. I was going to say, that's because we still, despite the fact we came away with the win, we still didn't want to make it easy for ourselves, did we? Um, let's let's start having a look at the game, but before we do that, let's just recap for everybody what we're going to talk about today. So, of course, we do have the, the great recap of a great result against Partick Thistle, where we got our first three points on the board for this season. Uh, we obviously have another game to look forward to this week. We do have an away game to our broth this Saturday coming. We're also this week going to start uh, our first little fancy feature of the podcast where over the next few weeks we're going to have a look at and we're going to name our favourite, it's not necessarily the best, but our favourite players, our favourite starting eleven from Queen's Park for the amateur era, so up until when these professional contracts came in, you know, in the nineteen twenty season when we turned professional. So we're gonna talk about a few uh, cult heroes and have a few throwbacks hopefully and some good memories about some of the players that have came and went uh, in Queen's Park's history, I say for about the last fifteen, twenty years or so. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in a few moments time. Let's go back to Aquaview last Saturday. Queen's Park versus Partick Thistle. The starting lineup maybe actually did throw up a couple of surprises, and it would have been a very happy one for you, especially Callum, because it was a formation change that you had been shouting for last week. Yes, um, we we switched to the four four two, and we had Williamson um, up front with Murray, and I've kind of talked about this a few times. I've just every time that. Williamson has came on. I think he just looked really good up front with Murray. When he's been sitting, when he's came on and he's been in replace of Murray, I don't think he's necessarily been as effective. But with the two of them running off each other, it was it was great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Don't know what you guys thought. I think a lot of people are looking forward to hopefully seeing them start a game together at some point. We just weren't really sure when Coyle would would see it as, as the right opportunity to to give that a shot. And and obviously, you know, credit to him, it, it was obviously the right decision on Saturday because 
they, they, they work really well together, as you were saying, Callum. And I think I think having another, a player like, obviously we're going to go into a bit more detail on how the match panned out, but I think having a guy like Williamson up front with Murray brings brings the best out in him as well. He definitely did. You're absolutely right. The two of them were were pretty active, especially in the first half. Uh, Scott Williamson probably in another day could have had a couple of goals in that first half as well. Um, but as I talking about the formation change, let's actually run through that starting lineup for Queens last Saturday. So we had Ferry and goals. We had the back four of Davidson, Bannon coming in at centre half again. Uh, Charlie Fox and Tommy Robson. We had in the middle of the park. We had Jack Thompson and I tell you what, we'll come back round in just a second. On the right mid, we had Grant Savory playing slightly unfamiliar, obviously, from uh, his time at Queen's Park already, but that was uh, required because of the formation change. So Savory out right, Dom Thomas on the left, Scott Williamson and Simon Murray through the middle. But coming back round to the new boy, the newest new boy, number 42, Malachi Boateng. On signed on loan, confirmed for the season from Crystal Palace on Friday morning. So again, the day before the game. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Let's not wait to go through the game and talk about him. Let's just start right now. What what a debut! What a performance Malachi Boateng put in on Saturday. I thought he was brilliant. He was he's exactly the kind of player that we've been missing in these games so far this season. We just need somebody in the middle of the park to sit deep, not try anything fancy, make those easy five yard passes, break up play, and, and he did it. He did it really well, and obviously he got an assist for Tommy Robson's goal too. Uh, he was he was one of the best players in the park. I thought he was excellent. I thought he done really well for for the for the assist too because he had such an an influential first sort of sixty minutes of the game. And I actually thought he was starting to tire a wee bit and that he might get he might get taken off. But then he sort of he had the assist for the goal and it was as if he sprang into life. And the bit that encouraged me the most was see after um, Thistle got their second goal and it was all starting to get a bit edgy. He just kind of stood up and started taking sort of ownership of that midfield that that sort of middle part of the park because he he was winning all the headers he was playing all the short passes he just kind of took it to a next level to help us see out the game which was brilliant yeah he certainly did and I mean as well I think when we're talking in Enzo you mentioned it that kind of guy to break up the play and everything I think obviously without us seeing him in person obviously we'd only seen the few pictures of him and so and well you've got Wikipedia to go by and everything but I think stereotypically you're looking for sort of a big unit you know a great big guy in there to fling himself about and do that he's not necessarily the biggest guy on the park there but he he's obviously so smart when he was playing the way that he uses his body in the tackles and just yeah, as well, just the composure. I mean, he's only what twenty years old. Yeah, the composure that he had in that game was well above his years. He looked, yeah, he looked a lot more experienced than obviously what he is. And to be fair to the guy, I think he is quite highly rated at Crystal Palace. I noticed when we signed him, going going on to you know going by what uh, Crystal Palace fans were saying on social media. Some of them were a little bit disappointed actually that they'd sent him out on loan to us. Some of them thought it was actually Queen's Park Rangers down south and they were a little bit frustrated when they seen that it was actually the Scottish Championship. But that probably just comes from a lack of understanding of what football is like at this level because I think, you know, we've seen it ourselves. It's not always easy for young guys from uh, the, the Premier League under 23 system down south to come up here and make an impact. But regardless, you know, they obviously have relatively high hopes for him and, and you can see why. He just, he, he looked, like you say, he had very composed, composed is a good word for it. And he just, we've been needing that. We, we needed that against Air 
obviously in the second half, especially when they started to pile the pressure on. And I think we could have used see the, the games in the the Premier the Premier Sports Cup as well. The ones that we did win against Stranraer and Forfar. I don't want to be critical because obviously we won those games quite comfortable, but we still conceded some pretty slack goals. And I feel as well having a guy doing what he did on Saturday in those games, and we might have won five 0 or three 0 instead of five two and, and uh, sorry five uh, instead of five two and four one. We might have won five 0 and, and, and four nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he did, he done really well with that and he was he was particularly calm around like well a lot of the younger guys sometimes you just see them running for absolutely everything. But he was pretty assured, he was quite happy for Thistle to come towards him. He was keeping his position and he knew what his role was. And if a guy went past him, he wasn't desperately chasing them going out of position. He just let the next guy in the team deal with it. Um, which I thought was really good. And it was interesting kind of seeing how the, the setup of the team in the middle of the park differed to previous weeks because with him and, and Thompson in, in the middle of the park, pretty defensive pair of centre mids. Do you know what I mean? It's not like your Brown who might be pushing a wee bit further forward. And it was clearly a, a different approach that, that Coyle had taken this week. And it was almost as if he set the team up to say, right, Thompson, um, Mal, I believe he likes to be called from what we've seen in the, the, the interview. Right. Um you guys just make the tackle, play the short passes, and we've got plenty of attacking threat. We've got Savory, we've got Thomas, Williamson, Murray, and, and hell, even Davidson and Robson, as we've seen um, throughout the game. There, there's plenty going forward there. It was almost as if, like, we don't need you to do anything else other than your core role. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, and obviously, it was a big change for Coyle. I mean, aside from the, the sort of failed five. 3-2, whatever it was, against Ayr that he changed it to, and obviously we never managed to see the game out for a number of reasons, but aside from that, he's stuck pretty pretty rigidly to this sort of 4-5-1, 4-2-3-1, whatever you want to call it. It, it was a big change for him to move to the 4-4-2, but I, I think we all agree that not only was it a, a good change, but I think we all hope to, well, Enzo, let's get ahead of ourselves here again, would you hope that it's the same going forward, say, this week against Arbroath? Yeah, at least the same system anyway. Obviously, we can discuss later on whether we'd expect any changes in terms of the actual starting lineup. But you have to stick with it after a good win like that. And yeah, there were issues. The, you know, the performance wasn't perfect, especially at the back. There's some things that we need to still improve at, and, and hopefully it will come with time. But I don't think you can really realistically make a case for, for you know reverting back to the previous system or trying something new again at this point. Not after a win like that. Not after we finally got, I say finally, it's only three games in, but um, not after we got our first win this season in, in the league. So, aye, for, for me, it stays the same. There's so many there's so many um, bold decisions from Coyle to discuss around that lineup and the way that he set up from that game. Um, because you've also got the two up front. Savory getting pushed out to the right. I don't know what you guys thought of that. I thought he was really effective. Obviously, you've got Bannon in, in centre-back again, ahead of our new signing, Eze, ahead of the experienced Lee Kildee. There's a lot there that could have went horribly wrong, and I have quite a lot of respect from him from seeing that it's not worked previously and not just sort of flogging that dead horse and continuing with it, because I think what we've seen in previous seasons is, like, I got really frustrated last year when we just watched the continual same formation all year, either even when it was turgid and we weren't making anything from it. So it's good to see him experimenting in so early on. I think yeah. as well, to an extent, Coyle might actually have been forced into playing Savory out on the right-hand side with McPeak, presumably injured. I don't think that was actually confirmed anywhere, but obviously he wasn't, he wasn't 
on the bench at all, was he? So uh, maybe something, I don't know, maybe he's taking a knock in training or whatever. But Savory was excellent out on the right-hand side. And when I saw that lineup, I had some concerns about it because I know that obviously Harry Milne was on last season for Cove Rangers. Uh, he signed for Thistle and he's, he's been decent for them in, in the first couple of matches so far. He's been all right this season. Uh, Thistle fans seem to rate him quite highly. But I think... Savory had his number, and and to be fair, Milne looked like the kind of it looked more like a wing back than than your traditional sort of left back, and I think he looked a little bit dodgy when when Savory was you know was running at him with the ball and when he was um, when he was coming at him, but um, I thought he was fantastic, and, and yeah, I mean maybe maybe he's a natural winger, who knows? The thing for Milne as well, um, he had it wasn't just the right winger that he had to deal with because we went the two up front. He had Williamson and Murray who were both buzzing about, they don't stick to their set positions, they they like to run all across that back line and, and just go to where the ball is, so it certainly didn't give them any peace at all there, but yeah well let's move on and, and talk a little bit about the game uh, I mean for the most part in the first half like the only chances that Thistle really created, I think they had maybe four headers. I don't actually recall them having a like an actual shot at goal. It was all it was all headers. It was crosses coming in. Whether that was part of their like specific game plan, whether that's what they set out to do alone, whether that's all that we managed to limit them to. Um, if that's if that was the case, if the latter was the case, maybe that's not a great idea because set pieces have been a little bit of our downfall this season so far. Uh, but. I mean, I don't know, Callum, we'll come to you first. As I thought we were pretty comfortable in the first half. We did restrict them, as I say, to a few headers and a few, even a few of those chances were really poor. We were we were pretty comfortable, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure comfortable is the correct phrase because there was, I, I think Thistle should have scored in the first half. Um, yeah. it, was all coming, it was all coming down that right-hand side. And I know we've touched on Davidson a few times, it's good going forward, but he was... He was getting sort of beat quite a few times, and I think one of them resulted in a corner. Um, and Brian Graham, I mean, he's an absolutely massive guy up front, so I've no, I've no, I can totally understand why Thistle were were going down that route. He, I think he had a couple. He had one which was like a, a free header in the six yard box. Ferry did make one really, really good save. I remember, and then there yeah, was a couple right. of shots off the back of it. Um, so I think between that, they probably deserved a goal. But I do agree, like in terms of the the rest of it, like there wasn't that much football getting played outside of the the crosses into the box from Thistle, which I was a wee bit surprised about. Um, and I think it kind of comes back down to that feeling that I've had about all the games is that, and I think every team will be feeling this about every team so far, to be frank, is that there's a lot of parity in the league. Like we could have overall lost that game. We could have won that. Well, obviously, we did end up winning it, but... In terms of actual ability, I don't think there's a massive gap between either of the teams. I know I tend to agree with you, Calma. I think uh, I think describing is as, as comfortable as, as I both claim there, David. Okay. I think I'll, I think I'll defend myself in a moment, but that's fine. You continue. <laughs> I think uh, I think it was a fairly evenly matched first half. You, you say that they didn't have many chances. I think. I mean, did we? I, I think both teams were. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think both teams were fairly evenly matched in, in that first half. And uh, I, I tend to agree with Callum with what he says. You know, we're going to see. I mean, we've already seen it in the results so far this season, and I don't just mean our results. I mean across the whole league. There's going to be a lot of parity. There's going to be a lot of teams getting unexpected results and, and points. You know, um, taking points off off each other. So, I, uh, I I think as well, it's possibly worth considering with the teams. Obviously, the, the teams were the players were aware of the the conditions that they were 
you know, it was it was very hot, like we already mentioned. Maybe they were just kind of conserving their energy to an extent as well. You know, they were they could have been a bit nervous about exerting themselves too much early doors, knowing that it was going to be thirty degrees or something right up until 90, the ninetieth minute. I'm not sure. Well, as I say, I'm I'm going to use the word comfortable. I'm going to stand by. I mean, I've got to. It's on the record already. But I mean, for the first, the we had a, a water break about you know twenty two, twenty four minutes into the half. For that, in that first half, the 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 very good save that you mentioned, Calm, that Ferry had, that was actually just before uh, that water break. There, it was. It was a corner from our left back across goal. I think it was about sort of the back corner of maybe the six yard box. But Ferry got down really well to to get a good hand to it and get it actually almost back outside the box. The ball was then worked back in. There was a second shot and it was parried, and that was it. But that the Two shots on target in that first half. Again, you mentioned Brian Graham had another couple of headers. He had one over the bar from six yards, which is a, a poor miss. And then the next one that he had was even worse, where again, he was about six yards out uh, for a back post header. And it was basically a back pass to Ferry. He he was one of the players that, I, I believe last week as well, that we did mention. We were like, you know, Brian Graham, he's, he's off to a good start in the league so far this year. He, he's got goals in him. He obviously had the goals in him last season. He he didn't show up, and when it, with him not showing up, I I didn't think that there was too much threat. When you look back at the first half, I don't think they presented too much threat to us. Whether that again is due to the parity in the league, or, or or whatever there, I don't know. Or is it just how well we set up? What do you think? Well, would you? I mean, you've kind of you, you did kind of describe a few chances, or at least indications that you know they were going to get goals on Saturday there so I think I don't know I feel as though the first half was relatively relatively evenly matched to be completely honest with you um, I think we set up well though and, and you know we did well to, to to keep them from scoring in the first half and, and I don't think it's a bad thing that they had chances and, and, and didn't score because it shows that that we defended reasonably well I mean Ferry made those Ferry made that save like, like you mentioned earlier Um I'm not 100% sure. I, I still feel as though, to an extent, that the teams were kind of holding themselves back, knowing that it wasn't going to be cooling down all afternoon, and, and we saw them go for it a little bit more in the in the second 45 minutes. Can we can we just uh, can we just start talking about the free kick yet? Yeah, let's go for it then. Yeah. Because well, we did have as well again just before well for the first half hour. So we scored on the 31st minute, and I mean prior to that, we did have a few good chances. Scott Williamson had a couple of good shots. Um, one, I think the second one in particular was a, a good save by Mitchell in the Thistle goal. But again, perhaps on another day that could have found the net there. Uh, I think we had, I think Robson it was had a, a sort of half volley from quite a bit far out it was a bit of a snapshot but it was on target it was a good shot and again you just had Simon Murray buzzing about I mean from the very from the kickoff from the very first seconds of the game Simon Murray was charging up through on goal putting the defence under pressure and winning corners there uh, you know we we started pretty well there and you say about conserving energy and, and like that there Enzo um, Simon Murray was not doing that he never does that he doesn't know how to I don't think no, I, th- I think you're right about that as well, um, and and I think he had an excellent game. Obviously, he got the goal in the second half, but he was he was putting in so much work, wasn't he? And what do you make of the fact that he was given the captain's armband? Because for me, I I really like that. I think he is a natural leader. You can see how much it means to him. You know, when he scored that goal, he was over getting you know right at the crowd, getting everybody up for it. You could see he was he was doing exactly what a captain should be doing out there, and, and I was kind of curious to see what happened obviously with with Kodey not 
not being involved as much anymore. And I think we can probably expect to see that going forward. I'm not sure whether realistically he's very likely to win back a first team spot um, in, in the starting 11 anyway. I think he'll, he'll be on the bench and we'll probably see him off the bench semi-regularly. I was curious to see what was going to happen with the captain's armband and, and I thought it was probably going to go to Charlie Fox because he's another one that you can see as a proper leader out there. It was excellent on Saturday, by the way, very commanding at the back. But now that we've now that we've seen it, uh, I'm I'm happy for Murray to, to you know to keep that role. Aye, uh, same here, yeah. definitely. I agree with you, Enzo. As you, as you said at the beginning, we'll talk about next week later on. But I would keep everything the same as it was on Saturday going into next Saturday, and that would include time and money keeping the armband. But let's let's talk about one 0 Queens Park, and Simon Murray was of course involved in that goal. Uh, the ball was, I think it was Savory played through ball to Murray from about the halfway line. Simon Murray's running through on goal, wins a foul off the defender. So the free kick's about twenty five yards or so out from the goal, and everybody obviously lines up. It's looking for a, a cross into the back post. You're maybe expecting it to go to Charlie Fox, you know the usual. But no, what happens is Simon Murray actually peels off his defender right on the edge of the 18-yard box. Grant Savory, has, who was stood at the opposite side of the wall, has peeled off the wall there. Nobody's followed him. From Dom Thomas to Simon Murray, back out to Grant Savory, one-on-one with the keeper, slotted under him. An absolutely brilliantly worked set-piece. Oh, it was class, wasn't it? I mean, it, you always feel pretty privileged when you see one of these training ground moves actually pay off. I was trying to think back on the last one of those that I can remember actually happening, and I just couldn't think of one. Um, and even when watching the the highlights back, it's almost impressive the deception from both Savory and uh, and Murray before it. They're both standing pretty nonchalantly as if waiting for the ball to get floated across them, and then literally as he's doing the run up, they kind of jolt into position. Um, but it, no, it was really really nice. He caught Thistle sleeping, and it couldn't have worked any better. I'd love to know how many times they actually practice these things in training and kind of like how big a repertoire they have, because it's a pretty specific circumstance, isn't it, being that sort of far out where you're back to goal edge of the box, that sort of setup. I At the time, at the time I actually thought uh, somebody was going to hit a shot. I thought maybe Dom Thomas would take a shot. But obviously, you know, it's, it's something that they've worked on. It's something that everybody knew what their role was in, in making that work and, and fair play that it paid off. Uh, I, I I wasn't sure what they were in, you know the initial free kick the way it was passed through I wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen next but um <laughs> listen it, it went in the back of the net and that's all that matters it was it was good it was really cool it was a really cool thing to see because like you say Cam I, I can't remember the last time we did something like that um, and it's good that we've got the you know the players and and the discipline to make these kind of things work because if there's you know I'm, I'm sure they have several other plans for for various free kicks in various positions and then hopefully we'll see some more of them pay off in the future too. Yeah, and I think um, we've talked about all season so far how well Murray has done when he's back to goal and those sort of short layoffs. So it's almost kind of fitting that even from a set piece, that's what he ends up doing to, to get set someone up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and you talk about set pieces and when, when was the last time we sort of played one like that. I seem to recall that we went through a wee period of playing every single corner short and not a single one ever. <laughs> that doesn't ever. count. Now, I mean, just saying, just talking about set pieces and whether they're successful or, or failures, but that was another sort of period of time where every single corner, I think, was played short, and I don't think anything ever happened from them. Um, so, yeah, seeing, oh. seeing a, a well-worked set piece like that was, was yeah, not something we, we are used to seeing at Queen's Park, but more of the same, please. I will never be in favour of the short corner under any circumstances. It just, it just, it, 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 
How often do you see it pay off? And I'm not just talking about us. Like, I'm, in general, how often do you see teams scoring from short corners? Just stick the ball in the, in the box and, and, you know, get it. I don't know. I just, I, I don't get I it. Could, I remember... A good old-fashioned Scottish football mantra there. Just get it on the big guy but in the box. Listen, it, it works more often than not. Do you know what I mean? If you get the players to make it work, somebody that can put the ball in the net and somebody that tries to get their head in the end it. And, 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 you know, even if they miss the header, there's always the possibility they could then bounce off somebody and still end up in the back of the net or uh, end up in a wee bit of a, a stramash on the line and somebody <laughs> just tipping it over the line. So, aye, uh, short corners, they do matter. And I remember when we were going through that period, getting really frustrated every single time. And, right, okay, I say I'm not in favour of it. See if you want to try it once because you've practised some stuff in training, fine. But see if you're repeating the same thing 30, 40 times and it's never working, then that's just daft. I know. I wish teams would start doing short corners instead of us, instead of just lumping it in the box and scoring every time. Yeah, I think, guys, so far this season, that would definitely benefit us, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, well, let's, let's move into the second half. So, as I say, I still think that for the first half, it was that sort of five, ten-minute spell right after the water break. But I thought, for the most part, we were pretty comfortable in the first half. Uh, the second half started pretty quietly. Again, I don't know if that's the players got out of the sun for 15 minutes and, again, maybe struggled to get back out, back into the, the pace of the game in the second half. But shortly after Thistle made a couple of substitutes, they brought on... Um, Tiffany and Bannigan, who, I mean, certainly Tiffany is definitely one of their better players. I was surprised to see him not starting. Uh, shortly after they brought on a couple of subs, they they made it level, or they made it one each. It was uh, the number two, uh, McMillan, the right back, who, when you look back at the highlights, I think it's a little bit Dom Thomas. I think it is his man that he doesn't follow, but it's McMillan, and I think it is to Tiffany, and then uh, the aforementioned Brian Graham, who... Gets the through ball to McMillan, almost quite similar to our goal, except it was open play rather than the set piece, but it was pretty much the exact same kind of movement. Pretty similar, well, similar shot, similar outcome. It was a goal for them. Yeah, I think if you're, if you're trying to pin blame on someone, you're probably right. It's, it's Thomas who loses his mind, but honestly, I just think it's a good goal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I would I'd be, from my perspective, I wouldn't be wanting to hound anyone on this one. I think it's just a pretty decent goal from Thistle, to be honest. And as you said, very much like our goal, but from open play. Um, and yeah, I thought that was the beginning of the end. And, Aye, that... and, then, and then it wasn't. Oh, sorry, there you go. No, I was just going to say, I, I was I was convinced at that point that we were going to collapse. Do you know what I mean? We, we saw it We saw it so many times last season where we took a one goal, you know, we ended up with a one goal lead and we chucked it away. And obviously after, after that air game last week, I think I have trust issues. So uh, <laughs> I, I was just, I was absolutely convinced that we, that we were going to end up throwing it away. I, I thought to myself, we're going to lose this game. So to have such a positive reaction, and this is, this is what it is, because, I, you know, we talked about this a lot amongst ourselves last season. Those, those comebacks that we suffered last season, you could see that a huge part of it was mental. You know, I mean, it, it, was, it was the mentality, it was the mindset of the players. And it must have been so frustrating for them, but you know, to to, to then have the, the the opposition team get a goal back, but then to, to start fighting back immediately and going, you know, trying to go up, go ahead again, and not only trying, but then you know, ended up taking a, a two goal lead afterwards was just it, it was it was amazing. It was it was such a positive thing to see, and I think that could really shift the, the this kind of mindset that the guys have, especially after what happened in here last week. It's so so easy for the heads to go down and think, oh. Oh no, not again! But um, the players didn't do that, and, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. 
No, you're absolutely right. Well, let's talk about it. So it was three minutes after uh, Thistle equalised that Queen's Park went right up the park lane and scored. So the ball was kind of worked. I think it was on the right-hand side. And I think it was actually... I think it was Alex Bannon that got the cross in that was cleared back out by the Thistle defence, but it fell to to Malboating on the edge of the box. And he just kind of, again, it was just that composure that I mentioned before. You just kind of see him bring the ball down and he just takes a couple of touches, looks about, and then he sees the run from Robson. Now, a lot of the Thistle fans were complaining about uh, Akinola at the back, who they, they believed it was his man. Again, when you watch the highlights... I don't know if either of you noticed this, but it's, I, I think it's a really clever move from Simon Murray where he actually steps back up towards the ball as Robson's running into the space. And I think Akinola, because he's a centre-half, he's going, I've been told to mark Simon Murray. So he steps up. Robson is left in an acre of space. Thankfully, he had the whole acre because the shot that he took, much like Dom Thomas's against Ayr last week, seemed to, it felt like it took forever to get towards goal, but it hit the back post, crossed the line, and as you say, a, a brilliant a brilliant reaction to going uh, to having that equaliser, Enzo. Yeah, and I don't think Robson obviously everybody's talking about the assist and, and it was it was really well worked, but you know, butting he knew exactly what he was doing. And and I think that is that for me is another positive about the goal, by the way. The guy's been in obviously he's only been officially in for a few days, but we talked about him on, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I think he's been around the team for maybe the best part of two weeks by this point and you can see that he's obviously fitting in well and, and he's got to know the, his teammates and he, and he knew that Robson was going to be making that run and um, credit to Tommy Robson as well by the way it was a fantastic finish I don't think enough people are talking about that but uh, it is interesting what you say about the, the, the Thistle centre half I think Thistle fans have been complaining about him for a few weeks now I think uh, I, I think he's made several mistakes so I don't think this is the first time but, I mean, surely, I don't know, you're playing at this level, you still need to have the awareness about you to know, you know to recognise that your man that, you, that you've been told to mark isn't anywhere near the ball and, and try and close down the guy that's got in the end of it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's definitely a mistake. I mean, I'm I'm trying to give a bit Simon Murray a bit of credit there as well because again, it's just a great move from him. But yeah, I think it's I think you can definitely put that down to a mistake. Um, but it's still, as we say, a brilliant assist from Boateng to take the time, see the pass, and make the pass. It's brilliant from Robson to get on the end of it, and it's a, and it's another great finish. And I, I don't really care if it's a thistle mistake; it's a great goal for us, and it gave us a lead again. Aye, and fundamentally, every goal's usually some some sort of mistake allocated to someone in, uh, uh, throughout the the passage of play. Um, uh, why was Robson there? Was it was it off the back of a corner? Because when I was watching back the highlight, I have no recollection of what led up to it. I think I was um, still a bit grumpy after us conceding the the equaliser. Was it was it off the back of a corner? Because obviously he's in the middle of the pitch at the sorry edge of the. Um, I don't I don't recall it to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it was actually it was obviously a, a run up. I think he was running up just from the left hand side. Um, it was open play and obviously it just with the play started on the right, it kind of broke down and it just so happened that he was obviously up and about the, the box. It's part of that, again, mentioned at the beginning. We obviously had uh, Davidson, not Davidson, sorry, Davidson right back, Thompson and Boateng in the middle and it just allows well, Davidson and Robson on the, the flanks just to get up and down even more. And I think it's just part of that. It's just allowing him to attack even more because that's one of his best bits of his game. Yeah, definitely. And adding the goal in, as you mentioned, Enzo, 
it's such a good finish. It's a really, really tight angle. Um, I didn't actually appreciate it until I watched the highlights back, how close it was. Um, so he did he did very, very well to, to get that one away. He certainly did. He certainly did. And then not long actually after that, I think within 10 minutes or so, we go and make it 3-1 and we start to... We start to believe that we, we almost have this in the bag. Uh, it's a, a Dom Thomas corner comes in. Uh, Davidson gets his head onto it, and it's. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% if it was saved or if it was blocked by a defender, but it bounces back to Davidson, and he goes for a a very ambitious overhead kick attempt, which I did actually see Davidson on Twitter. Um, commenting on Simon Murray claiming that he had stolen the goal off of him but either way Simon Murray got a toe or a head or something onto it from about two yards out flicked it in 3-1 hey, Was it going in anyway then? Or not? Nah, it's, kind of, it's, it's difficult like, to tell from Slowly very soon Aye, I mean, No listen I'm not I'm not criticising Murray one bit you know as a, as a centre forward in that position you make sure it crosses the line you know I mean how many times have you seen it where it looks as though it's trickling over and then a defender does something um something incredible and manages to clear it. So he, he absolutely did the right thing. And by the way, you know, that that's now two and three in the league for Simon Murray. Obviously scored in the in the cup uh, in the preseason as well. But he's, he's you know his goals tally, his goals return is is looking pretty decent. And, and I'm really, really hoping that he can keep this up because I um I, I think he's more than capable of it at this level. I think he's been really good the, the, the first few games. And he's proper going for it with his celebration again in front of the Thistle fans. He did some sort of wee, like wavy arm thing. And Actually, then... he's not learned. Well, no. hang is at least at that point we'd gone, we'd had a two goal lead again. We'd actually came back, and it was three one. It wasn't just one nil very early on in the game. So, I'll give him the, I'll give him that one again for sure. I don't know if he's a if he's a Liverpool fan at all because when he came over at the Queen side for it, I don't know if you've seen Klopp do that thing at the end of the games when Liverpool win, where he runs up to the the cop end and does the old fist pumps towards him. He was it was very reminiscent of what uh, Murray was doing after after his goal there. Yeah, he was absolutely buzzing with it for sure. Um, and well, as I say, that was at the point that was seventy five minutes in, so we had fifty minutes to go again for the most part in that second half. Uh, well, I mean, okay. I went ahead and said we were comfortable in the first half. Do either of you recall many... Obviously, Thistle did score in the second half, but do either of you recall many Thistle chances in the second half, apart from well, their first goal, and as we'll come on to talk about in a moment, their second goal? No, which is... Obviously, they, they scored a couple, but I felt like the second half was more comfortable than the first half, which is obviously just the stupidity of football. Um, but no, I, d- I don't think so. I don't remember Ferry having to make any massive saves in the second half, and I thought we'd done, done pretty well. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think um, I think it was, you know, other than the panic when they did get the, after each of their goals, I think uh, overall we, we, we probably just about, just about deserved the win. I mean, I think overall it was a fairly even match, but yeah, I, you know, I don't think Thistle, Thistle fans can grumble too much about, about coming away with nothing there. No, I, as I say, I, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I thought we were comfortable for the majority of the 90 minutes, but it did get a little bit shaky right at the very end, as you say, Enzo. It was about the 88th minute, and Thistle did pull one back, and it was 3-2. It was another corner that, again, wasn't dealt with, unfortunately. Uh, this time it was a header, and again, I think it was Graham that got the header down towards goal, and it was Anton Dowd, who we seen a bit of last season when he was recalled to Falkirk, so we, we know what he's about, but... He was, um, I think he had Boateng and Simon Murray on his back and and then Callum Ferry right there, but he managed to scoop it past all three of them from about two yards out. I don't think there's really 
much that unfortunately any of them could have done there. Uh, but after that, they did put a little bit of pressure on, a, little, a tiny little bit of pressure, but we held on. And as you said right at the beginning, Enzo, finally, in air quotes, the first three points of the season. You know, the reason why I say finally is because because we, the, the, the final two games of the, the Premier Sports Cup were against other championship teams, I felt as though we went into those feeling as though we were, we were kind of trying to gauge ourselves against other sides at our level. So even though it's only been three games, I'm also looking back on, on those two and, and thinking the past five games against, against teams in the same division as us. So yeah, finally, uh, <laughs> we get a win. And uh, it, was, it was a very satisfying one as well. And as well with that, I mean, I'll I'll give you I'll give you finally as well as a feeling because we came away from the Inverness game thinking that we probably were the better team. Certainly in the first half in that game, we were the much better team. Perhaps in the second half there, Inverness came back into it. We probably could have came away with three points there, and there couldn't you know, there couldn't have been too many complaints. We obviously had the collapse against there, which is still painful. But it was a very disappointing collapse when we were in a, a really good position at half time. To just finally see out a game and to finally take what what we deserved was was the finally there. It was just what we were waiting for, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you just want to see a wee bit more of, isn't it? Because when you reflect back on all the games that we've played this season, or the ones that I've seen anyway, I think the only one where we've looked like the worst, like the properly the worst team is is against Dundee in the cup. Um, the rest of them, we've had our opportunities, and it's it's just been so close. You think that I can't remember what the, the, the final number was last season, but that stat of like points dropped from winning positions. And it was the first couple of games of this season, we were going down that trend again of being up against Inverness, dropping a couple of points there, obviously losing the, the three points versus air. So you don't want that to become a habit. Um, so it was just really good to see. And it's interesting, you can all this and buts now, but I've seen then the. Uh, one of the interviews with Coyle after the game, I can't remember if this was the, is it Glasgow Live or something like that, and he was saying that with Botang, he was actually ready to go in at the air game, but they just couldn't get the, the registration done in time. So you, you do sort of ruefully reflect back thinking, oh, if he was there, would, he, would we have been able to help hold out? Because I thought that after, as I mentioned earlier, after Thistle um, scored late on to the game, Botang done really, really well in what felt like 10 minutes injury time. I think we were closing in on like 5 o'clock before the game actually finished on Saturday. Yeah, it definitely felt like it dragged in forever. I think obviously part of that, there was the water break again and and things like that. But yeah, it felt like we were playing forever with the injury time. But as we say, we did see it out. Queen's Park 3, Partick Thistle 2. And um, that actually took us up to after you balance out the head-to-head and everything, that actually takes us up to fourth place in the league table already, which is where we predicted us to finish, isn't it? So, or did we... No, you two both chose fourth, and I think I chose fifth, didn't I? Yeah, you did. You're, oh. you're, the, you're the pessimist here. I'm the pessimist. I'm the pessimist saying that we were comfortable for 90 minutes, 90 <laughs> minutes against this and everything there. Aye. Yeah, so, so we're currently, as it stands, sitting fourth in the league table. It is only after three games, but... In this topsy-turvy league where no team has a 100% win record, no team has a 100% lose record either. You've had teams at the bottom beating teams at the top already. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a wild one. So all points gained are, are going to be incredibly precious come well, the end of the season. I mean, people always say it's too early to look at the league table. And obviously it is because there's so much to play for still. 
you know, we're, we're three matches into the season, right? But see, and, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, right? But see, when you look at our, you know, the the, the fixtures that we've got coming up. We've actually got an all right run. So obviously we've got Dundee in the middle of it, but so we've got our broth on Saturday. That's going to be a hard game, right? But I after after the the after what we saw against Thistle, I, I still kind of I kind of fancy us for that, right? The following week we've got Cove at home. That's a game that you would like, you know, you'd, you'd expect not expect maybe, but that's a game you'd think we'd have a decent chance of winning. The following week is Dundee away. That's obviously very very difficult. That's going to be tough, and and maybe we can. I don't know, if we can come away from with a draw there, then it would be a fantastic result. But then after that, again, we've got Morton at home, Hamilton away. I mean, is it unrealistic yeah. to say that we could potentially win three of those five games? I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see how the next few weeks go and, and we'll see how this uh, this formation continues to develop and, and see how it works against other sides. But I'm feeling quite positive about it right now. Yeah, and you meant obviously we've got our growth on on Saturday, which will be a tough game. We'll come on to it in more detail. But as far as the bookies go, I think they've got um, us at like three to one to beat our growth. But our growth, do they not have some really stupid record about winning at home? Yeah, they, I don't think they've lost at home in the league, and it's either close to or maybe just over a year. Um, I assume that is the, the reason then. But yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> That'll be why. I mean, they've not maybe had, again, we'll come on to later on, they've not had the best start to the season this year. But yeah, that's, I mean, we've been to Gayfield plenty of times before. We know exactly, what, as fans, we know exactly what it's like, maybe for a lot of these players, it'll be the first time. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously see what comes there. The last little bit of housekeeping for the game against Partick Thistle, we need to pick our man of the match. And I think this week there were a lot of, there were a lot of um, you know good candidates there. I mean, Tommy Robson obviously won the the sponsors, the Queen's Park man in the match. You see, he's got his little gift bag from Scots, the the, the right. club sponsor. I mean, right. I have to, I'd love to know what's in there. I've no idea. It's not the bottle of Iron Brew that they used to get anymore. I wonder if he's got I don't know what a, a new T-shirt or something. I don't know what he's getting, but he got his little gift bag there. He obviously had a good game, capped it off with a a goal. You had Charlie Fox look back to his best after a, maybe a couple of shakier weeks. I mean, for me personally, I assume I'm going to be. It's going to be unanimous here. I think it's got to be Malboating for coming in his, his debut with Queens Park and just absolutely running the midfield. Um, I disagree. Actually, my man of the oh. match on Saturday was Grant Savory. Okay, excellent. Oh, so I get well, the decide and vote then. Yeah, yeah, you can choose somebody else if you want, but yeah, decide and vote. No, I, I'm going to go with Boateng as well. I thought he was very, very influential. And for more than anything, I, I agree with you, Enzo. I thought Savory did have a good game and we didn't really probably touch on that enough, um, how well he done in a position that I don't think is his natural position. But in terms of just impact on the game from what we've seen uh, so far this season, it was it added a different dimension. So, yep, Boateng it is. Excellent. Good stuff. Right then, let's move on. Now, before we come on to our uh, our little feature where we're going to talk about our favourite Queen's Park 11, let's just do a very brief recap of the week in Queen's Park. There isn't actually any sort of transfer news or anything like that at this moment in time, but we're just going to pick up and obviously all the, the results across the Queen's Park clubs because while we've actually been talking obviously this evening, actually just before we started recording, the club did uh, post... About you had an interview posted on Twitter from Owen Coyle Jr., who's obviously um, the head coach manager of Young Queens Park. Uh, they were playing air today 
in a, in a friendly. They won 4 0. And even in the last half an hour or so, so again, while we've been talking about the Partick Thistle game, they've posted a nice big gallery of obviously all the players that were there. But most importantly, it looks like big Stephen Eze got a good run out against there today. When we're talking about, uh, you know, obviously, I think it was, was it yourself, Enzo, that said about maybe Kildee, maybe starting to look like maybe a bit of an odd man out. Obviously, you've got Bannon's came in, and again, actually, Bannon perhaps deserved a shout for, for man of the match. Again, he played excellently at centre-half. But obviously, with Eze, you know, getting himself up to speed, getting a bit more match fitness in him, he's going to be challenging for starting places as well. It's good to see him getting a run out, isn't it? Yeah, and I think uh, I think Kildee was probably aware when he re-signed for this season, that realistically, obviously, we didn't know what the situation was with Charlie Fox when Kildare re-signed, and, and obviously that there, there were some doubts as to whether he'd be back. But the the Stephen Eze chat has been going back to May, so you would imagine at some point, you know, Kildare would have, would have heard about this, and with his injury history, with the fact that we were moving up a division, I think he was... I think he was probably aware in advance of the season that he was more than likely going to end up being an option off the bench. Izzy hasn't been signed to sit on the bench. Once he's ready, I'm 100% convinced we will see him start and I think we'll see the player that we're all hoping that he can be. What we saw in the second half against there is not, it's not, a, it's not fair to judge him based on that. Um, so yeah, brilliant to see him getting involved and, and you know playing playing these matches, even if it is against younger guys, it still gives him that hopefully that match fitness that, that we, we really want him to, to have. Yeah, absolutely. So as I say, we did have that uh, game on Tuesday this week. And even going back to the weekend, we also had the Queen's Park women's team got their first win in the SWPL two. They beat was it Gart Cairn, I believe? Two it was, one? yeah. Yep, Gart Cairn 2-1. And let's just top it off. Let me give a shout out to the Queen's Park Supporters Football Club who started their league campaign up against last season's Scottish champions, British Cup and Scottish Cup champions. Uh, Far Park Corner, our Motherwell supporters team, went out to Motherwell and won 3-1 and I got to play my customary 90 seconds at the end of the game as a time race substitute. Um, a, great, a great performance by the boys there, so um, I'll make an effort to give them more of a shout out as the season goes as well. It looks like it's going to be a good one for us there. So let's now move on and let us talk about our new wee feature that we're going to do over the next few weeks. Uh, we are going to talk about a little bit about our time supporting Queen's Park and we're going to pick our favourite players, our sort of favourite 11. As I said right at the very beginning, it's not necessarily going to be the best starting 11. I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, fellow Queen's Park fans that will disagree with some of the, the choices and some of the lineup decisions that we make. But these are just our players that, for whatever reason, we like so much. We want you know we want to give them a, a place in well our favourite starting eleven. We are going to start nice and easy. We're just going to start with the goalkeepers this week. We've got I think it's maybe three big names, maybe four big names to talk about. So the so the three of us. Let's just again recap. So. Callum got me into supporting Queen's Park around about sort of 2005, 2006, but I, I didn't start attending games until about the 2007-08 season, just after Queen's Park were promoted through the playoffs uh, from, uh, was, it, was it still the third division in 06, 07? Yeah, um, yeah. I don't recall when the name change came in, but everybody knows, you know, League Two, the third division, whatever it was called at that point, the fourth tier. We obviously got promoted via the playoffs there. So my first season sort of following Queen's Park was in the third tier uh, during 07-08. You guys obviously started a little bit earlier than me, Callum. You go first. 
Uh, ages, ages and ages ago, we were talking about this earlier. I was trying to remember the first game that I went to, and I, I can't recall, um, but my, my dad's a Queen's Park fan. He has been for a long time, since I think he was like 18 or something. I think it was when he was at uni. He started going to Queen's. Um, but no, I've been a Queen's Park fan all my life, 30 now, and I think the first season that I can properly remember some players from um, and actually take an interest was 99-2000 um, with the likes of Neil Ingles and goals and Dennis Conningham at, at centre-back. Um, but yeah, quite a while. And then Enzo, what about yourself? See, this is actually really annoying me because when we... When... <laughs> When we talked about what we were going to be doing, I I, I tried to think when my first game was, and I, and I, I just can't. I've, there's, there's a little thing in the back of my head that says it was against Albion Rovers at some point. I think the first full season that I was paying attention and going to games was the season where Gretna absolutely walked the third division, and I think my first game was the season before that. So I think that would have been the 2003-2004 season, my first game. So... Yeah, I mean, it's still the same rough kind of time period. We're going to be looking back over the past, realistically, kind of 15, 20 years. As Callum says, we're all 30, 31 years old. So uh, that's the sort of time frame that, that we've been watching the club. And, and that's the, the, the period where we, you know, we know who played in these roles and we'll be able to pick from. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say, let's look at sort of, Favourite goalkeepers over the last uh, 20 years. And again, the, the little final little caveat here, we are saying this is up until the um, like the professional era of Queen's Park. So obviously up until the 1920 season when professional contracts started and, um, well, the rest is history, as everybody knows. So we're looking at our favourite amateur 11 of, of Queen's Park over the last 20 years. So, yeah, let's, say, let's start at the goalkeeper. So will we start with a couple of honourable mentions? Um, I know that... This was just slightly before my time, but obviously one of the biggest results in Queen's Park's recent history was that um, that infamous penalty shootout victory at our one-time home for Hill over Aberdeen and the goalkeeper there. Um, again, one of many cult heroes we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Mark Cairns, yes. And and it's kind of funny because that is the defining moment that I'll always have in my head around around Mark Cairns and it wasn't anything to do with him being an actual goalie because <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't save any shots in that penalty shootout. Aberdeen skied their first one. Um and he uh, he went on to score the penalty and he, he supermaned away from that. Um one a classic goalie penalty, just hit it as hard as you can and hope to God that it goes in, I think was the the correct way to go about it. Um I actually forgot how early on in the penalty shootout it was. I think it was like the third or the fourth one. I had it in my head it was perhaps the last one, but it wasn't. Um but yeah he he definitely deserves a, a wee mention there because he, he did go on to play quite a few games for us as well and he was decent. I just remember him being really, really wee. <laughs> I think he yeah, was pretty small for a goalie. He was relatively small and you mentioned that penalty in the, the Aberdeen game. He, he nearly burst the net. It was probably the best penalty all night and the way he ran away celebrating with his, with his fist out like Superman, it was, it was brilliant. I mean, I'll always remember that night. It was... One of the one of the best results I can remember. Um, I remember the back of the the Daily Record the next day as well. It was just amateurs and, and a picture of the Queen's players celebrating in the dressing room afterwards. And yeah, my um, the, the thing that stands out most to me from that night is first of all 
the penalty that Aberdeen missed. I believe it was Darren Mackey absolutely skied it, and then Mark mm-hmm. Cairns bursting the net and then running away celebrating. Like I said before, um, I believe that was that was actually his second spell at the club. He was briefly with us maybe three or four years before that, where he, he played I don't know ten, fifteen games or something like that. Um, but I, it needs it needs to be you know it needs to be shouted out for his contribution that night definitely. Can you remember? So um, one of the other goalies that we'll definitely go and talk on talk about is David Crawford. He was a sub in that game, and I I, I can't remember why. Can you? Was this oh. one of the earliest indications of subbing the goalkeeper off for a penalty shootout? Except we weren't doing it to save the penalties; it was for to bring Mark Cairns on to score it. Is that what happened? Here? <laughs> no, but Cairns, Cairns started the game, did they not? I Cairns played the whole game. I, I wonder if it was one of those. It's a cup game. We'll give the, the other goal. I, I genuinely can't remember. But um, yep. f- from when I look back on the team sheet before this, uh, I'm pretty sure Crawford was was a sub. I know. I, I think he was. I'm, I'm fairly certain Cairns played the full game. So. Don't really know why I can't remember, but I suspect you're probably right in saying it was just a case of rotating things around for the for the cup because I think he was with us for maybe maybe a couple of seasons and he, he probably played thirty odd games or something. I think there was a, I think there was a spell where he was he was keeping Crawford out the starting eleven as well. So not hundred percent sure what the reasoning for it was that night, but I it was a brilliant night and, and he had a, a huge part in it. So I he'll, he'll always I'll always remember him for that. It was he the he was a starting goalie the, the season after we got promoted, wasn't he? Because Crawford left. Yeah, that's Dumbarton. That's what I was just going to come on to say. Like I say, my first proper season following Queens Park was 0708, and I do remember Mark Cairns being the goalkeeper for. Um, I I don't recall if it was the entire season, but I certainly recall seeing him play quite a bit that year. So, um, yeah, he he was definitely the goalkeeper there. According to what I can see on the internet, he actually then retired at the end of that 0708 season. So it may have just been that one year. Um, I'm sure somebody will listen and, and come and tell us if we're wrong there. But yeah, he's he certainly played a bit of that season in the uh, in the third tier uh, after the promotion year. Yep. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's definitely one honourable mention there. I'm going to give a, an honourable mention shout-out before we talk about our our two choices that we have um, to Neil Parry, another goalkeeper that actually scored a penalty for Queen's Park. He scored for uh, was against Berwick in the, I'm sure it was the Challenge Cup, you know, one of these games that was back. I think it was before, was it maybe before the group stage came in of that tournament? Um, and it still obviously just went straight to penalties after 90 minutes, but I, Unlike Cairns, I'm sure he scored the last penalty and he came charging up to the fans right after it and jumped in with us. I was a, it was a good moment, but he was a goalkeeper who um, I always quite liked. Unlike Mark Cairns, he was a big guy. He was always a good keeper. And I think I, you, your your dad, as you mentioned before, Calum, your dad uh, knew him quite well as well. I know um, he does his his, his, uh, his parry with him. And I, I think Parry was a, was a great keeper for us. Um, big guy, really big guy. Not necessarily the flashiest, but he made he made a lot of good saves. I think he's done well for himself because he came to us from uh, who was it? We signed him for the juniors. I'm pretty sure. Aye, it was, I don't it know was... who it was specifically, but we signed him from the juniors. And to be fair, like you know, you, we're talking about him in the past tense, but Parry's still a good keeper, even at, I don't know what age he is now, maybe about 37 or something. Uh, Aloha, yeah. Aloha, I'm sure regret releasing him last season because of that bit of an argument with Barry Ferguson or, or so the rumour goes anyway ended up signing for Clyde and, and at that level Parry's still a, a very very solid option to have Aye it was such a bizarre one with Aloha because he was really really well liked as well with the fans and I, I think it was pretty apparent after that um, 
incident that they weren't they weren't happy with it. Um, and he's he's done well for himself even at, at Clyde too. He's still sort of holding his position there. Um, but I mean, why would we be surprised? Get Barry Ferguson to manage a team and watch the chaos. Happen. Imagine, imagine being shocked about Barry Ferguson causing trouble in the dressing room. I know. I'm sure Pat, Paddy was a starter the year before. Um, Ferguson came in, I'm sure, and then did Ferguson not bring his own guy in who? I think is prone to a howler or two, and that's what caused a bit of an issue. And well, then yeah, as you say, he then fell out, and well, yeah, we all know what Paddy Ferguson can be, can be like as well. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's not as though Paddy had just kind of came through the door at Aloha. He, no, he'd been there for the best part of four or five seasons or something like that, and he'd been the starting keeper more or less the whole time. So, I, um, you would have been, you'd have been furious at that if you were a, if you were an Aloha fan, definitely. I think Paddy left us to go to Albion Rovers, wasn't it? That was at that period where there was quite a lot of parity between us and Albion Rovers, and I remember there was a lot, quite a few players that seemed to switch from us to them. Um, I was definitely disappointed when I seen him go there. Yeah, that's that's obviously the the old days where players weren't getting anything for us, but a club like Albion Rovers could offer them. I mean, even if it's more than petrol money, you know. Aye. We, we went be- through that period that will, you know, we never begrudged a player that moved on and, you know, if, to go and get any kind of money to play football. But but to be yeah, fair, um, with Rovers, it did. But to be fair, Rovers actually won the league two title that season, the 2014 2015 season, when he was there. So he, he went on and had a bit of success with them as well. Those are dirty words on this podcast. Don't repeat that sentence ever again, Enzo. <laughs> That's one and only time you're ever allowed to say that we'll, we'll move on there but yeah Neil Parry is another one of the um, honourable mentions so two goalkeepers left to talk about uh, the both very very well known to Queen's Park fans I'm going to say that my favourite 11 I am going to have Willie Muir as my goalkeeper um, I don't think we can say any more on Willie Muir than has been said in our first sort of maybe Three, four, or five. I think it's probably been mentioned in every single episode, including this one as well. Um, he has been uh, an excellent goalkeeper for Queens Park over the years. You know, he's obviously, as I say, he's what, 180, 190 games. Uh, I, I found a stat that I think is actually recorded that he had 67 clean sheets for us, which is is I think you know, it's nearly a what is that a one in three roughly return on clean sheets, which. Bouncing about between the 30 and the 40 is absolutely excellent for us um, and some some wild teams in these years. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a great goalkeeper he's been. Um, a, a really good guy. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Willie Muir. I mean, I don't, I don't think... I know you guys are going to come on and talk about your keeper, but he's been, he was a, a great servant to Queen's Park, wasn't he? He was, and, and I can understand. Even even now, there's, there are still people who have him at the club if, if they... Um, if they were in charge and, and it's an understandable perspective I think he, he's still a good goalkeeper I'm not sure how he currently fits in at Aloha I know that they've got a young guy on loan from Rangers who's been excellent for them so I think he might actually be struggling to get a game there at the minute but he's been he's been brilliant he, he was fantastic part of three promotions um, broke the record for consecutive clean sheets as well and he's he's a legend yeah, I don't yeah. think there's any, there's there's much more to say on Muir. To be honest, um, he, he is he is a club legend, and the only reason that there's any debate, like from from Enzo and I's perspective, is because we started watching a wee bit before before you, David, really, um, uh, in terms of the the older Queens Park teams. But 
from that sort of period on 2007 onwards I don't think or 2008 onwards I don't think there's any doubt that you'd be thinking it's 100% well yeah exactly but let's go on and let's hear you two talk about your choice so it is of course as you mentioned before David Crawford um a bit of a character I think uh, is is one way of putting it um who wants to kick us off he he was a character he definitely was And, and as I mentioned there Prior to, to Muir breaking the record, actually, it was it was Crawford that previously held it, and I think it was 706 minutes he went without conceding a goal. I seem to remember him at the time actually being awarded a jersey that had Crawford 706 on the back of it. Um, I'm gonna so I, I I would just like to to mention at this point that I'm gonna struggle a little bit to be objective, and that's fair enough because this isn't supposed to be objective. I'm gonna struggle to be objective when it comes to picking players for the other positions and also the goalkeeper because. The the 6 07 season will always be special to me. I, it was the first time I saw us achieve anything. It was the most excited I've ever been in my life about football. And yeah, he's not going to be the only player from that season that I mentioned. Let, let me just put it that way. But um, Crawford was fantastic. Obviously left to go to Dumbarton, I think it was. But but prior to that, he was he was a huge goalkeeper for us, and uh, he, he he was excellent. Yeah, because he actually got us he got us promoted, and then he went down a division to go to Dumbarton. And I think obviously the, the, the biggest um, sort of question mark with Crawford was maybe a bit on the sort of mentality side, like character basis. Um, what what advice was he getting? Uh, I think he was getting sold the world a wee bit. But similar to you, Enzo, based on what I feel is like raw talent, he was the most exciting goalie I've, I've seen at Queen's Park. I can't remember, and I tried to find this on YouTube, just Googling David Crawford, Queen's Park. Um, he did make what I can only remember in my head as the best save of all time <laughs> that I've seen for Queens. And it was a header from the edge of the six-yard box and he had absolutely no right to get it. And he went down his bottom right-hand corner, I think it was, and just plucked this ball out. Um, but yeah, ab- absolutely excellent goalie. Really, really exciting to watch. Didn't quite work out for him like as far as the rest of his career goes. I mean, you think of that team um that did get promoted in some of the careers that, that these guys had off the back of it because most of them were very very young um he was one of the ones that i was thinking yeah he's going to go on and do something um but just uh a good player all around as you mentioned there callum the rumor at the time was so obviously we got promoted that season and and I think had he stayed with us, you know, he could have put himself in the shop window at a slightly higher level again. Maybe found himself moving to a championship, possibly lower end uh, Premier League club. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I believe he had an agent who who basically sold the move to Dumbarton to him, which obviously didn't work out. He came back to us after one season, I think it was, played another season before before leaving again. Um, but I, I echo everything you say about Crawford. He was, he was exciting to watch. A big character. He was a great guy. I met him a few times as well, and um, he, he's definitely my number one goalkeeper. And and David mentioned this before. This isn't necessarily. We're not saying that Crawford is the best goalkeeper. He is my and and Callum's favourite goalkeeper from our time watching the club. Yeah, and we need to put that caveat in because I know that there's going to be some uh, some wild choices. Probably most of them from me, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I've already shared my initial kind of draft of a first eleven, and it's, <laughs> ra- it's raised a few eyebrows already. But I don't care. Call uh, hero eleven, I think we could call exactly, yours, David. Hey, listen, that's that's just that's basically what this is. It's your favourite players, and obviously you guys seen um, DC at his best. I mean, yeah, as you say, you know. <sighs> 
I obviously we'd seen him for a couple of years, certainly um, back when I started. But you know, after he left Queens Park, yeah, as you say, it never really worked out for him. He sort of bounced about all over. I mean, I'm, I actually pulled up his sort of transfer record, his sort of transfer history uh, just now, and I mean, you've got. After he left Queens, you've got what, Alloa, Ayr, Clyde, Sterling, Montrose, Arbroath, Alloa again. That's all staying, you know, he's, he's been absolutely all over the shop, just for whatever reason, it never worked out. Maybe to kick on, as you say, Cal, you thought maybe he could have been one of one of many from that team, the 06, 07, 07, 08 team that could have, and certainly a lot of them did go on to um, bigger and better things. Uh, it's a shame it never worked out for him, but uh, yeah, by all means, he was... Um, you know, a part of one of the, the best Queen's Park teams in, in well, yeah, they can't say history because there was a lot of history for Queen's Park back over 100 years ago that we never seen. But in certainly, in, in, certainly in recent history, yeah, he was definitely part of one of, if not the best team in recent history. So I, I think, yeah, he, he's definitely deserving of your, your votes for, for your 11 there. So there we go there. So those are just our choices for goalkeeper. I, I think we'll, as they we'll keep a note of all of our lineups. We'll get them posted on Twitter and we can get people fully slating our, our choices and our, and our reasonings behind everything there. Once we get the uh, lineups completed, we may even have a little couple of little uh, special guests coming on maybe to talk about some of their experiences as well. But that's all we're going to say on that right now. We are going to move on and we are going to preview... As the last topic of conversation this week, we are going to preview the Arbroath game coming up this Saturday. So, at this moment in time, we are sitting, previously mentioned, in fourth place in the league. We are coming up against Arbroath, who are sitting 10th. Uh, 2-0-0 draws, and last Friday night, they were on uh, BBC Scotland. They got the Friday night football for the championship, and they came down to a 4-2 defeat against Dundee. I don't suppose either of you watched that game. I did not. No, unfortunately. No, unfortunately, I, I tend to catch most of these Friday night games that they put in the telly. And in fact, I'm really looking forward to the one this week because it's actually um, Partick Thistle Inverness, so two teams that we've played so far. And it'll be interesting to see how they match up against each other. But uh, no, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to catch that one. Self putting in the homework then, and I watched the game last Friday night. Um, I thought it was a pretty good game, to be perfectly honest. And our both, when it was at, especially when it was at two each, at that point it was a it was a pretty end to end game. Both teams had some good chances, and our both had a couple of really good chances to perhaps maybe take the lead, and they just never managed to. I don't think four two flattered Dundee really. Um, I think that that was probably fair, but the manner of the last goal. Um, in like the ninety third minute was was a tough one to take for former spider Ricky Little who kind of miscontrolled the pass and then it's almost like that classic Stephen Gerrard slip from the Premier League all those years ago where he's tried to chase after the ball and just his legs weren't working and yeah it let the striker through on goal but speaking of Ricky Little they've got a, a, a pretty decent squad there I, um you know we've got a couple of players to look out for. Bobby Lynn has obviously been in good form this season. He scored a couple of goals. Uh, I don't think in the league, but certainly in uh, in that Premier Sports Cup uh, pre-season, he, he you know he's a good player. He's one to watch out for, isn't he? He didn't actually start that game against Dundee, did he? Because I did see the lineup, and I think he, or and also read in Pine Bovril that a few of the the Arbroath fans were complaining about him. But yeah, he's one of those sort of perennial players in the in the lower leagues that you just know is going to get stuff done throughout a season. He's yeah. old as well, isn't he? Now is, is he what's thirty six, thirty seven? Yes, but he's still he's still doing the business for them. Or he certainly was in the uh, in the cup uh, in July and early August. But yeah, for our growth, just in general, it hasn't really kicked on so far this season. Now, 
is that perhaps a, a hangover from last season, do you think, Enzo? Is, it, is that fair to say? Well, it's, it's actually worth mentioning that they've got more points after three games this season than what they did last season. And we all know how well that ended up going for them. Obviously, they were pipped right at the end to the title by Kilmarnock, but it was probably the, the best season, arguably, in their history. So, um, I don't know. I mean, having watched some of the highlights from their games and, and read the comments that, that our both fans have been making on, on social media and on Pine Bovro, the general consensus seems to be that they, they struggle to take their chances, even though they scored two goals on the Friday night. Maybe they should have scored more than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I did say before, when we, you know, when we were doing our predictions for this season, I suggested that maybe the bubble will burst this season. I, I don't know. I think it's also fair to say that they've probably not finished putting their squad together yet. Are both obviously being one or two part-time squads in this division are probably quite heavily reliant on loan signings. I know they were last year too. Obviously, guys like like Noble and, and Dowds, who were big players for them, until, and, and they had to return to their parent clubs. I think we'll probably see before the end of August are both bringing in maybe even another two or three players from, I don't know, more than likely championship, um, more than likely Premier League clubs, excuse me, and maybe, maybe some from down south as well. Just hopefully not before Saturday, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. It is worth noting that, as you say, they are they are still part time. Um, are they are they a hybrid at all, or are they fully part time? My understanding of it is that they are fully part time, fully but part-time, yeah, but they're essentially paying full time wages. So, yeah. aye. Really? Um, I mean, it's 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 not a bad it's not a bad situation to be in. Obviously, you know, people talk about people talk about the the part time dynamic at clubs like our growth and 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 Cove Rangers, but you have to bear in mind that. This gives them the opportunity to sign the best of the best of part-time guys who, for one reason or another, might not want to go full-time because maybe they've got they've got other things going on in their life outside of football. They can't make it their priority. Um, and, and in some some scenarios, maybe you're better off signing the best part-time players rather than the worst full-time players. I don't know. They've done a great job at our growth as well of sort of really galvanising the local area because our season ticket sales, I believe, are really, really good. And I mean, obviously, success breeds success sort of thing, but... Um, as far as I'm aware, they, they, it's quite a, an engaged club, um, yeah. which is something that we would hopefully see us replicating over the years. No, yeah, definitely. Again, that's a very good point, and it looks like they're putting a wee bit of work into to Gayfield as well. And I, I remember seeing over the summer that they were renovating some of the the older style uh, stuff, uh, particularly like the turnstiles and things like that. So yeah, they are uh, definitely sort of investing in the club and certainly having the the town behind them especially with the season ticket sales and everything like that and you've seen it in the, the playoffs last year I mean the crowds they were getting and of course during the during the league season when they were doing well uh, the crowds that they were getting were excellent and you know that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't lost at home for so long it's always a tough place to go um, you know Gayfield obviously backing right on to the to the east coast but the home crowd is that, is that a cliche of a 12th man kind of thing or um do you think it is the, the situation and the actual location of the park? Because I think we've been there plenty of times when it's been very quiet and it's not necessarily had any kind of effect, but but we all know what the weather can get like when, when we're up there. I mean, yeah, the, the weather can, you know, the weather can be a factor. And, and I suppose with them playing there every second week, they're more than, you know, they're more likely to get used to it than, than any visiting team will. But I, I think to, to suggest that, you know, it's just the weather or it's just the crowd getting behind them would maybe be doing the players and management a bit of a disservice because Campbell's done well. The, the players have, you know, stepped up and done really well for themselves. They've got 
they, they, they've done really well in the loan market, like I mentioned before. They've signed well, and, and I think they're just a good team. I don't think there's I don't think there's there's any 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 kind of big secret behind it. I just think they're a good solid team. The club is well managed, and and they're going through um, possibly one of the best periods in their history right now. I do hope it starts to fall apart against us. So, <laughs> ah, exactly that that amazing home record that you mentioned, David. It comes to an end on Saturday, right? Oh no, absolutely, and no, you make a good point, Bellage. I didn't mean it necessarily that say, uh, oh, that's the only reason for their success. They have obviously done very well. Dick Campbell's obviously I'm a, a a bit of a legend in in, in management himself. Um, did have his uh, have his twin brother Ian sitting behind us at the Thistle game um, with another assistant. I do apologise, I don't know that guy's name, um, but he was uh, taking notes and uh, he obviously picked a good seat in beside a few of the. A few of us, a few of the boys that like to sing and like to chat away, especially after a couple of drinks. I think he was learning everything about the team, so they're going to be well prepared when, well, it, comes, good, when it comes to seeing us on Saturday. Well, maybe you were distracting him. Maybe, were maybe you like him the advice. No, I was, I was definitely. If you, if you've not been listening to me for the last hour or so, Cal, <laughs> if he, if he listened to anything to me, then it's definitely it's a four 0 away win. Don't you worry. Excellent. You take, you take that book. He's ten to three. Agent David. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, he was a good guy. Like he was obviously chatting away. Um, but yeah, no, they were obviously there scouting because obviously they played on the Friday night, so it freed them up to do that as well. So they are going to be, um, you know, well prepared for us. And well, we need to see what Saturday brings. And speaking of, let's move on to our little prediction table, Callum. You haven't actually reminded me in ends of what we both said from last week. I, I think I said a one 0 win, so I will take some points, but. Do you is Enzo clawing his way back up this table? I wish, uh, I wish I wasn't as honest because I would like to. The one week that I didn't predict us to win, I'm going bloody win. Um, but right, so David, you had us as one nil Queens and Ezzy as the scorer. So that warrants you a point. Enzo, you had two one Queens, so you Ooh. also get a point. I didn't remember so, that. So. You, but you did have, um, you had Murray and Thomas as the goal scorers, but I'm being really strict, right? So basically, I was trying to work out a reasonable way for the points to work, and I've decided that if you get the correct the correct score and the correct scorers, then you're going to get five points that week. Um, but as you both just got the the correct team winning at uh, one point, so that leaves it That's on fair. Enzo, you've got two points. David, you've got four points. And I am yet to register a point. <laughs> right, well, in that That's case, so you get the chance, you get the clean slate, you get to go first. What is the score going to be this Saturday? Right, so 2-1, we're going to win. I don't see us not conceding. Um, and I have got the goal scorers as Savory to score again. And I really need Williamson to, to start scoring. Um, otherwise, my shout at the start of the season of him being in the league's top scorers is getting further and oh, further away by the that. week. <laughs> I've well, forgotten about that one. Yeah. Now, now that he's potentially, if we go forward with this four four two, you you're going to see him a lot more. You you know you've you've got chances. You've got time. Exactly. That's why I keep saying it. Just hoping that Coyle's listening to this pro- podcast. Um, need, need need him there. All right, there we go. Right, Enzo, you're up next. Um, right, okay. So I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling relatively optimistic about this game. Although to be fair, I was also feeling the same way about the air game. But having read some of the thoughts of you know the guys that go and watch our both on on social media and, and whatever else, 
their suggestion seems to be that they might struggle against a team that plays aggressive, fast-paced football. And that that's exactly what we do. Uh, so I'm going with a very bold 3-0 Queens. First clean sheet as well. Because if they if they've been Ooh. struggling to take their chances, then why not? A eh? 3-0 Queens and the goal scorers for me, so Murray has to be one of them because he's an excellent growth player and, and that always comes back to biting the arse, the, the curse of the former player. Murray, Thomas and... Murray, Thomas and Davidson. You're going for the curse of the former player and you're not going to give Ricky Little a goal? No, because they're not scoring, so... Okay, fair enough. Just the curse of the former player. I look forward to next week if Ricky Little... Albeit, <laughs> if Ricky Little scores a consolation to make it 5-1, I'll bring it up, but otherwise, yeah, we'll, we won't talk about it, but that's fine. Okay, then. Um, I am going to take 2-0 Queens. Give me... Let me think. Uh, give me Savory and Murray as well. Because I just think that the two of them, yeah, I mean, as you say, Enzo, not just the curse of the former player, but just the form that he's in at the moment. I uh, I can't see him not scoring. And yeah, Savory again, just, just again, the exact same actually as Murray. The great form that he's in, he's just, he's such a great player going forward. I, I can't see him not scoring. So give me that. Mm. Well, um, any any changes for the for the game this week? Because there's a few potential ones that you could be thinking about. So, obviously, Eze, if he's um, in the fold, do you take Bannon out? Do you move Bannon up and replace Thompson and put Eze in at centre back? If we're going with a four four two, McPake again. I mean, I don't think Savory could possibly be dropped from the squad in any capacity. So he's going to have to be on in the right wing. I think. Yeah, for me, the only. The only thing that I would possibly consider would be maybe if Coyle thinks that Ezzy's ready, I can maybe understand uh, starting him, but he has to be 100% ready to go from the start. And I, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I'm, I'm not really sure. Obviously, he got some minutes. We were saying this earlier. He got some minutes in that young QP game tonight, so that's good. Other than that, even if McPake is back, even if, even if, even if he is... I'd, I'd just keep everything the same. I think it's very difficult to... I just, just keep everything the same. Give the players time to settle into you know those roles, to work in that system, and, and hopefully hopefully it'll pay off. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I said it earlier on here as well. Um, I'd keep everything the exact same as it started against Partick Thistle. I did call it a couple of weeks ago that I think Eze will be given a few weeks just to bed in. He'll get these young QP games and these closed door games which by the way we never actually mentioned because the club has actually not really reported anything on it as well um, last week it was uh, we did have the bounce game against Celtic and apparently it was a very very strong Celtic team uh, we we never really heard anything official I actually heard a message that it was 4-0 Celtic which you know fine but it was apparently it was basically Celtic's first team from the Premier League so, <laughs> I would take a 4-0 result against Celtic there. I think that's a, that's an, an, going to be an excellent run out for the players, you know, up against, you know, one of slash the best teams in the country. You know, time like that, see if Ezzy's playing against sort of getting games game time like that, that's going to set him up well to, to come into our team. But, yeah, I think keep everything the exact same as it was against this. So, same lineup. I would keep Bannon at centre half because he um he was brilliant on on Saturday there. And again, much like you say with um with Savory, you know, he, he, I don't think he deserves to be dropped. 
No, that's fair enough. Um, and and you know, like those bounce games, the, the score doesn't matter. Th- those games are just to no, to get exactly. a bit of game time, some fitness, give you the opportunity to play against players that are probably considerably better than anything that we're going to be seeing in the league this season. So, if if the guys played well, if if it held them with their fitness, then then brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, listen, if if he, if Coyle doesn't change anything at all, then I'm then I'm okay with that. If Bannon starts, brilliant, that's fine. I wasn't necessarily saying that as he should, but. Yeah, give him another week or two, fine. That doesn't, that's not a problem at all. And and I agree with you, Angel, as well. Like if, if Coyle thinks he's ready, then fine. He's ready, he can go in. But yeah, I think we're all agreed that we would be very happy to see the same lineup uh, this Saturday, as we've seen last Saturday. You both booked on the supporters bus, which now has a waiting list. So you're you both on it. You both got a seat. We do, aye. Yeah. We do. We're both going to be there. Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I'm... Uh, down south for a for a wedding. I say unfortunately, I'm obviously going to the, the wedding of a, a couple of very good friends of mine, so that's not unfortunate at all. It's going to be a great occasion, looking forward to it, but I will, of course, miss the game on Saturday, so I look forward to uh, plenty of updates from yourselves throughout the game, and uh, hopefully the reporting of a positive result, and just make sure you stay out of pleasure land and, and get into the game. You know, stay <laughs> off the dodgems. <laughs> try it. We'll try our best. We'll try it. Maybe, maybe we'll ride one into the game. <laughs> if it's that bad, I try and get it called off. Well, there we go. That is that is our uh, that's everything we've got to talk about this week. Uh, Callum and Enzo, thank you very much for for joining me. Uh, once again, uh, you can find us at Spiders Talk on Twitter at Spiders Talk Pod on Twitter, SpidersTalk.com for the Queens Park Fans Forum, and on Pie and Bovril under the, the championship section of the forum, where we will be in all of the Queen's Park threads. Thank you very much for joining us, and we will hopefully see you all here next week. Cheers, you later. Play for the sake of the game.